pull up a bar stool. In a minute, I'm going to welcome Jamie Turner of the 60 Second Marketer to this week's social media podcast. We're going to go mobile. We're going to talk a lot of mobile stuff. I don't talk much mobile on this show or on the website, so I was really happy to have Jamie on, who's an expert in the field. Um, we're going to talk about how to get free beer. <laughs> Lots of fun, uh, but yeah, all kinds of mobile stuff, like how you can get started today with mobile, and uh, so we'll get there in a minute. Now, really excited to talk about my new sponsor for this show this week, JoeBarnesOnline.com. Now, Joe, you've probably seen her around. She specializes in online marketing strategies, and in particular, social media and Facebook to help your, your business grow online. Now, Joe has written... A really a fantastic 93-page Facebook marketing ebook featuring people like me and a selection of other awesome Facebook experts. So make sure that you download your copy today. It is free. Go to joebarnesonline.com/fbebook. That's Joe Barnes, J-O-B-A-R-N-E-S, online.com/fbebook. More on that within the show notes if you want access. All right, pass a bottle. Let's do it. Hey, everybody, this is John from johnloomer.com and John Loomer Digital on Facebook. Here with another edition of the Social Media Pubcast, where each week I invite a different friend to the virtual pub. And we get drunk on social media. <laughs> Today, I am thrilled to have on the show my friend, Jamie Turner of 60 Second Marketer. How's it going, Jamie? I am doing great. I've got beer in hand. Yes. So I'm ready to rock and roll. Awesome. Uh, see, you know, I was thinking about this today. Uh, so I, I'm drinking a Bud Light. And I'm a little depressed. Like, I ran out of the good stuff a couple weeks ago. I've been stuck with Bud Light ever since. <laughs> I was thinking... Well, especially because I got a, I got a message today from uh, a marketer from a brewing company who said he listens to my podcast. I'm like, I'm missing out on a really good opportunity for free beer here. <laughs> like, and so I'm, I'm gonna make sure I mention it today. Like, if you have a, a a brewery, it could be small, it could be large, it does not matter. And you would like for me to drink your beer on the show and mention your beer, send it my way. Contact me. <laughs> Dude, I have two, two things, two thoughts right off the top of my head. Number one, I guess we've concluded that Bud Light is never going to sponsor the program. No, no, they are not. But I've got a buddy in Austin, Texas, uh, with a brew pub called North by Northwest, and uh, I will have. He's my college roommate. I'll have him uh, definitely send you some beer. So, uh, so at least he got one. Uh, candidate in there in there for that so you're good to go at least on uh, one episode at least awesome you know it's funny how this all comes back to free beer because i had the back in the day early 2000s when if you had a website at all it was something right yeah um i transformed a a site that was formerly a, a fantasy sports uh website and, and strangely enough i transformed it into a beer review website right Ah. And with, with some old like college and high school buddies. And the whole concept was you send us your beer, we'll review it, and write like a really creative, because I had some really creative writers writing for me, uh, uh, sto- not just reviews, but like stories around, around the beer. 
and it was awesome. Like we, I could not keep up with the the beer that was flowing through, so I had to, I had to recruit new friends to be writers. <laughs> and uh, but it's funny because like I was like, man, I wish I would have thought of that idea in college, and like I'm surprised more people don't do that. But uh, it, it it makes me look like I'm an alcoholic, and the truth is, like I really don't drink very often. But for some reason, I keep coming up with ideas to get myself free beer. I don't know. That is funny. That's that's interesting. And and the fact that we're recording this at seven o'clock in the morning uh, adds a whole new dimension to it. <laughs> I am committed to this concept, Jamie. <laughs> Cheers. Yeah. No. I I first became aware of you, the sixty second marketer, um, earlier in the year when um, we were both named to the Social Media Examiner top ten social media blogs. Of yeah. 2013 yeah. so uh congratulations first of all likewise so, to you thanks. absolutely thank you so uh for if you could uh give everybody an idea of what you do on the on the 60 second marketer yeah we are uh focused primarily on social and mobile and gravitating more and more to mobile my uh first book was called how to make money with social media and we basically started doing social media posts and then when mobile came along i got a book out on that called go mobile and i said well we got to have the blog kind of move into that area too so right now we're we're kind of a blend between the two although we're doing more and more posts about how businesses large or small can get started in mobile marketing yeah so and i guess that's a good transition here so so mobile and that that's the it's been the big topic i think for the the past few years but there it seems like there's a new study coming out every day showing just how huge mobile is that it's bigger than expected that's growing faster than expected and if you're not on mobile if you're if it's not top of mind in terms of your strategy you're going to get left behind. So, I mean, what what's your thought? Uh, I could be answering my own question. What's your thought behind, um, you know, pushing forward with mobile being your topic of choice? You know, uh, consumers are connecting with brands using their mobile devices so that's a given and we already know that the statistics are showing uh, right now it's about 30% of web visits are via mobile device that's going to grow to about 50% uh, in the next 12 months or so so consumers are basically connecting with brands via mobile if you're not connecting back with them um, that's okay because your competitor is and Mm -hmm. so the thing I always tell people is Dive into this. Right now, you can use it as a competitive advantage because not everybody's in mobile. Most people don't have a mobile website. Um, uh, very few companies are using uh, SMS or uh, mobile coupons, any any of the multiple tools that you can use. So it's an advantage if you're a small to mid-sized business to dive in and get started in this stuff and just, just say, look, my competition down the street is not in mobile. I'm going to dive into it because, uh, because I know that consumers are pulling out their smartphones and doing searches for restaurants or doing searches for uh, movie theaters or or trying to scan a QR code all the different things that are out there that people are using their mobile devices for and if you're if you're in marketing you got to dive into it so that you can meet that consumer where they're coming up to meet you cheers mobile is one of those things I mean I, in general I'm I'm a bit overwhelmed as a as a one person shop who needs to expand to two or three or four people, 
but um, and I'm trying to dabble in all these different things and and fully understand say podcasting video and mobile and i know i've missed the mobile train i preach being mobile uh responsive and all that business yet my website is not even mobile responsive i've been in the process of redesigning it um what what is your advice for someone who's like yeah i need to get into mobile i'm doing absolutely nothing right now what are the one two or three things they can do quickly yeah. today first yeah yeah absolutely well first of all what happens for most people is when social came along everybody was like oh i can do social you know i'll do that myself it's i can do linkedin i can do twitter i can do facebook this is easy i can just sit at my computer and do this mobile intimidates people because they feel as though ah, i gotta get an outsider to mm. do this and i have to hire somebody out and you know the majority of businesses in america are small to mid-sized businesses so they're tight on funds they don't have deep pockets so that's been part of the problem is that people are reluctant to dive into it because they feel like they're going to have to hire an outside resource. But there's three things you can do to get started in mobile quickly and easily without even really doing much out of pocket. First and foremost, you have to get a mobile website. Mobile websites are a little easier than you think. Mm -hmm. If you just have a WordPress blog, you can use uh, uh, any number of plugins that basically convert your WordPress blog into a mobile optimized site. The best one of those is called WP Touch, and uh, I've got WP Touch Pro. Uh, you can basically use it as a tool to plug in, and it'll convert your blog post to mobile optimized. If you have a more robust site and it's larger than just a, a WordPress blog, like I do, my site is basically multiple different kinds of things. It includes a blog, but it's also a little more robust than that. Then you, what you want to do is actually either do one of two things in order to get a mobile website. One is get uh, a redirect sniffer code without getting too technical. It's basically a line of code that you put in on your homepage that sniffs out mm. whether or not somebody is coming in from a mobile uh, from a smartphone. If they are, the code redirects them to mobile optimized pages. So that's a pretty easy techni technique to use. If that's a kind of simple, easy way to do it, and if you just Google uh, how to set up a mobile website, you'll see blog posts, or go to the 60 Second Market, you'll see a post on there about it. But also, if you have a if you're a company that's more than a handful of people and you might have an ad agency or a web design firm, go to them and say, we need a mobile website mm -hmm. and we need to use something called responsive design right. in order to create it. And that's the big catchphrase right now. Everybody's talking about it. Basically, it's no more complex and the website shrinks based yeah. on the size of the screen that is the person is looking at it from. But that typically requires somebody who actually has the skills right. to create a responsive design site. And you do have to kind of go outside your four walls in order to get that done. But that's the starting point. Let me, I've said a lot. Let me see if you have a, a question around that. And then I can talk about a couple other things to do that are real easy things to get started in. So any anything sure. that I miss? Or, yeah. Well, I mean, I think just so, yeah, clarification. I mean, mobile responsive site, and I, and I almost think we need to get rid of the mobile portion of that. It's just it's responsive design, mm -hmm. and that no matter and, and and it's there's such a I think we're the lines are blurring in terms of what's mobile anyway, especially with tablets and everything else these days. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but so ultimately, all it is is there's so many different size screens out there, and you need 
you need to, your site to look good no matter what size that screen. It could be something small like your regular old phone, smartphone type of thing yeah. or a tablet, and it needs to adjust accordingly. And, um, yeah, you know, at one point I had used WP Touch. I actually went away from that. main reason being for me was that um, the advertising is important to my site, and at least the, the version I was using – completely cut out all the ads that I had in sidebar and stuff. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, and that just wasn't acceptable. And I felt like, you know, my site in its current state looked okay uh, mm-hmm. on a mobile device. Well, it still wasn't ideal, but um, I felt like, you know, a little bit of pinching <laughs> might yeah, be okay. Yeah. Uh, I know that's not ideal. But, um, and, and I'm, and when you talked about, you know, having a mobile responsive site and you know hiring someone things you can you can also get a you know just get a theme a mobile responsive theme yeah and that's what i'm because i've always done or for the past year plus i've used um genesis framework and unfortunately stupid me when i purchased it i thought i was getting a mobile responsive theme never really tested it yeah uh-huh. <laughs> uh and I, I unfortunately got one of the child themes that wasn't mobile responsive but i'm going to change that yeah how how how's your experience been on with genesis has that been pretty good oh yeah i love it i mean it, it's tough to say how much of this was due to genesis but when i made when i did the redesign and i went from it was a theme forest premium theme but I was also at the same time using uh, uh, Bluehost as my hosting company. Yeah. And I changed all that. I went to Genesis Framework and I went to hiring a guy to host it on an Amazon cloud server. And overnight, it was infinitely faster, better performance. I was not getting any security issues that I was getting previously. So uh, I think Genesis is part of that. I don't know how much of it. But. Yeah, it, it's a it's a great question because I'm I'm redesigning some of the site right now in order to speed it up, mm-hmm. and I'm going to drop it into Synthesis, which is uh, Brian Clark's uh, you know sort of hosting company yeah. that's tied into Genesis, yeah. and um and uh, and I'm in curious. I got to get the site redesigned and get that all completed, but I'm curious how how that how the performance will be enhanced based on that because as you and I have talked about. I've bumped into some issues on the SEO front with Google, and I think it's partly some files on the site that needed to be cleaned up and then also the speed, and I'm trying to fix the speed issue. And hopefully I'll see the same thing you saw when you when you jumped over to Amazon, but maybe, may, you know, I got to... I got to consider the Amazon solution. I may be circling around with you on that. <laughs> yeah. Now, how, how much is that uh, synthesis? I, I I've seen it. I just don't. I don't recall what the cost is. It's it's twenty. I think if I recall, it's twenty seven bucks a month or something like that. Now yeah. there there are cheaper uh, things out there, right. and, and because I was talking to a guy and he said, oh, you should use WP Engine and it's, you know, uh, faster and better and all that sort of stuff. I have no clue whether what that guy said is accurate, <laughs> but I do know that that WP Engine was like nine bucks a month for ten times the number of visitors. So, so if you're if money is an object, then you can always do that WP Engine thing or any of the other solutions. If if twenty seven bucks a month doesn't make or break you, uh, uh, you know, Synthesis has a great reputation uh, yeah, for, for doing good exactly. stuff. Exactly. I tell you, and not to get off subject, I know there are a couple of things you want to get to, but 
one one thing I've learned, I, I, f- I feel like these days it's almost better for you to charge a little bit more if you're going to get my business because I'm so wary now of the cheap stuff. Since I went, yeah. the, I went the cheap route for the first six months to a year, and uh, like I was saying, it, it was not working properly. And yeah. then, uh, but just uh, the um, uh, Genesis stuff, you've got so much social proof there in terms of all the people who are using it, which is good and bad. Good in that they use it, I trust it too, and they could probably charge more. Bad in that there's so many people with similar-looking websites as a result you know interestingly yeah i'm having mine custom designed just a separate outside of the whole genesis framework thing and i don't know if that's a good idea or a bad idea but i have a guy i work with in offshore and he does it for not a lot of money and um and i'm like here's the look i want and he creates it and i I just i'm just now getting through with that and I, i i said i'm really trying to clean everything up and make this as fast as it can possibly be so he said, well, you have a pretty simple design. There's not going to be a lot of, of junk associated with it. But it's interesting, you know, something you just said, which is very, very true. Um, I think all of us finally reach a stage where where you're doing the free stuff, doing the free stuff, doing the free stuff. And then you're like, you know, if, I, if I'm serious about being mm-hmm. a blogger or anything like that, I got to bump up to the paid stuff. It's not that expensive to right. do a... $9 a month Hootsuite Pro version or to do, you know, whatever it is you're doing, yeah. but it really does get you better analytics, you know, better security, better support, all that stuff. So you and I have had the same experience where we're both sort of going, you know, it's time to ante up and, and the results for my blog are better as a result of, of forking over a little bit of money. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, granted, there's a, there's a lot of stuff. Um, it, it all kind of adds up. <laughs> And I think my wife, who's also my accountant, is is starting to wonder if I need to trim some of these things off. But uh, <laughs> well, you know, we, you and I have that in common. My wife is my accountant too, <laughs> and she does the same thing. Yeah. She's like, "Can you explain what this nine dollar charge is for, honey?" And I'm like, "Honey, it, it's nine bucks. Leave me alone." It, and it's she's business, like, man. It adds <laughs> up. <laughs> exactly. But anyway, I didn't mean to get off topic too much there. I mean, you, so you said there were a couple of other things that um, you could do. With mobile, yeah. So the the starting point, I get a lot of phone calls from people who and and new business leads who say, "Hey, I want you to come in and and we want to talk about getting into mobile." And and the first thing they do is they always say, "We want to get a mobile app." And I'm like, well, you probably actually don't want a mobile app, but let's talk. And then I talk about their goals and all that sort of stuff. So the the first thing you want to do is is get a mobile website. A website, of course, is different from an app. An app is like a software program that lives on your smartphone. And a website is a website that just lives in the cloud. So the first step is get the mobile website going. And then after that, there are several things I'd suggest doing before you even get into a mobile app or anything like that. The, one of the easiest things, of course, is uh, QR codes. QR codes are going away. They're not going to mm. be around forever. They're uh, cumbersome and, and sort of a, a hassle. But if you want to dive into mobile real quickly and easily, just Google QR code generator and it'll show you where you can go and you can drop a URL into the QR code generator and it'll spit it out, spit out a QR code for you right there on your site. 
put that on a poster, put it on your business card, put it on a T-shirt, do whatever you want to do with it, but use that as a way to engage people. And and what you can do is have a coupon tied to that QR code. So that's a really, really easy thing to dive into. A year or two from now, people are going to say, QR codes, my God, those things went by the wayside many years ago. But uh, but they, they, they are going to die an ugly death pretty soon, but not right now. There's still some people are using them. Yeah, this, I, mean, I, remember yeah when, go ahead. I remember when those came out, or at least when we first started seeing them, because I believe they've actually been in Asia for a while before yeah. before they made their way over here. And they were quite, in my understanding, quite popular in Japan and, and never caught on here. And, and I mean, when I, I remember being at the American Cancer Society, like, we got to do something with these QR codes. I don't know what. But, yeah. but the problem is, like, just not enough people have ever used them here. And there's still people like, what the heck is that? And even if you know what it is, like, okay, now i got to bring up my QR code reader to yeah. read I don't know what, and it's going to take me a minute, two minutes, and it's going to be a complete waste of my time. Um, it kind of defeats the purpose of that mobile accessibility and everything because it's, like, it's cumbersome, like you said. Yeah. But I feel like there's a <laughs> there was a missed opportunity somewhere along the, the way to make it so much more streamlined and easy. Uh, well, you want to know what the missed opportunity was? Oddly enough, Google has invented this already. It's uh, a better version of QR codes. They just haven't gotten around to rolling it out on a broad basis. But when you bring up on your smartphone your Google app and it has regular Google search, at the bottom of that Google search, you'll see the little picture of the uh, um, not Google glasses, but they're Google goggles. Yeah. That little camera. Uh, I said glasses, I should have said camera. If you take a picture, it'll say, it'll do the search for that product and it'll show it. So as an example, you can go up to a wine bottle, take a Google Goggles right. picture of it, and it'll basically say this is the wine and all that sort of stuff. What Google, where Google didn't complete the circle is they have the ability where you can take a picture, a Google Goggles picture of an ad, and it ties in that ad, it recognizes the ad, and drives you through to a mobile-optimized website around that ad or landing page around that ad. So, for example, you see an ad for a Buick in a magazine, you do a Google Goggles picture of it, and it'll drive you through automatically to it. You don't have to open up your, your QR code scanner. You don't even have to have an ugly QR code on your ad. It just Google recognizes it and says, oh, this ad is tied to this specific landing page. But they haven't, they haven't really pushed that out there. They haven't talked about it a lot. They haven't really made a big deal out of it. But hopefully someday that'll be the QR code of the future where we don't have to hassle with, with ugly QR codes on our ads or on our product packaging or anything like that, you can just you'll just be able to do a Google goggles thing and and it'll be tied in. You'll be driven right through to the right landing page. Yeah, I got I got to think there's a phone out there that's gonna be built in, and maybe this exists now, and I'm just ignorant to it. But you've you've got this ready ready button, so you don't have to yeah. sw fumble with apps or anything like that. You just point your phone at it, click the button, and it automatically does everything for you quickly and it's there's minimal delay and i mean that i could buy into but the the way it is right now where you have to open up a specific app and there's always a kind of a delay with your camera anyway yep. and yeah all the redirecting it's just yeah I, i'm with you if they if they haven't invented that and i'm not 
I don't know that they have, but if they haven't, that's that's a no brainer. Somebody should be on that, you know, just make it a button on your phone. Exactly. Yeah. I should be but, an inventor. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but so so the so the first thing is do a mobile website. Uh the second thing is, you know, do something easy like a QR code. The third thing would be do a paid search campaign, a Google paid search campaign. You can specify uh paid search for Google that you just say all I want is mobile and all I want is to attract people within a uh, a certain geographic area around my store or my business. So if you are a coffee shop and you're saying, you know what, I'm a one-person coffee shop and all I have is this coffee shop in downtown Denver, I don't want to advertise to everybody out right. in the suburbs, you can actually create a Google uh, paid search campaign or a Bing campaign or, or uh, any of the other search engines out there that's mobile optimized, just goes to mobile devices and basically makes that more convenient. And uh, and then the, the, the next thing after that would be anything ranging from a uh, display ad, which is a mobile banner ad. Believe it or not, those things work. Mm -hmm. People are uh, poo-poo them, but those actually work. People click through on them and people take advantage of them. Um, or an SMS campaign, a texting campaign, which uh, a lot of people veer away from because they feel like there's a spamminess to it. Sure. The, the 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 reality is there's a lot of laws around SMS texting and the carriers AT and T Verizon Sprint uh, T Mobile all those guys they're very cautious about their phone user so they're making sure that any SMS thing is on on the up and up so there's there's actually probably less spam on SMS than most people uh, believe but those are the top five or four whatever it was mobile <laughs> website uh, QR codes. Uh, um, uh, mobile banner ads, uh, Google paid search, uh, and SMS into first before even thinking about an app, which which is you know you can do them and there are easy ways to do them. But uh, but if you're out there thinking I'm going to go create an app and become a millionaire right. by doing the next big app, um, uh, that's not really the way apps are working these days. Right. Uh, Right? Yeah. It's, it's really it's it's hard to be successful with them because I mean you have to understand the iTunes ecosystem or, or wherever it is. Um, yeah, and that's the other problem. It's like it's probably only going to be available in one type of phone, and do you want to restrict the availability of whatever your app is to one type of phone, or you got to build you, know, you build for two different phone types, and um, whether it's Android and. Uh, and iPhones, or do you got to build for Windows? And it's just God, it's such a pain. I just I remember doing that, you know, a few years ago, and and I think we had it all backwards because I think ultimately what people are usually thinking we need to be at mobile, and they think you need a mobile app, and really what you need is a mobile website. I mean, the, exactly the, the the app is like there's so much um, maintenance because you really got to keep it up and you got to update it, and otherwise it's just like this one quick thing and. People are going to like it for a while, and they're going to stop using it. And Bingo. Yeah. Apps are great for – people think that apps are great for customer acquisition, um, but really what they're great for is customer retention. And let's talk about that for just a second. Sure. Customer acquisition is just I want to go get a new customer. And so people go, well, let's do an app, and we'll get new customers. No, because most people, when they're not familiar with your brand, they don't want to download your app. So yeah. it's very hard to acquire new customers with an app. It's great. It's, it's very good, though, for customer retention. And by that, I mean let's take Domino's as, as an example. 
I've got the Domino's Pizza app on my uh, smartphone. It took me, you know, a, a minute to download it, and then it took me another minute to log in the information that I needed to for my address and all that sort of stuff. But every Friday we're, in my family, we traditionally have pizza on mm-hmm. Friday. It's why I have to jog to run off the pizza. <laughs> but but uh, but every Friday I'm on the drive home, and I'll pull out at a stoplight, not while I'm driving, uh, the Domino's Pizza app and plug in, you know, one cheese pizza, one, you know, veggie delight, whatever it is. And by the time I get home, you know, five minutes later, the pizza's there. Mm. Now that Domino's has captured me as somebody who is using their app readily, they have kept me. I'm not about to go download the Pizza Hut app or the Papa John's app because I've already kind of downloaded the Domino's app. So so in a sense, if you think about it, uh, the Domino's now has captured me. They're saying, hey, guess what? You've downloaded this app. The propensity for me to leave that app and go to another app is not very high. Whereas when it was the phone and you would just call up the phone, you know, and say, hey, can I order a pizza? You had your little, you know, address book stuffed with coupons from different pizza parlors, and you just pull out the latest coupon and look at the phone number and dial, and that was very easy to switch from one brand to the other. Once you've got an app loaded in, it's very, very difficult to switch. So long story short, apps are not good for customer acquisition. They are good for customer retention. So if you've got a big brand and you're out there and you want to retain customers, apps are a good thing to use after you do the website and all the other things we talked about. Yeah, I think I think the key point of that is that this app, um, there's utility that makes your life easier to make it, make it easier for you to buy their product. Uh, so it's not necessarily changing your behavior. You're already buying their pizza before, but it yeah. makes it so much easier to do it now as opposed to wait until you get home, getting on the computer, making whatever it is. You're not going to go through your phone probably um, through, through the website to do it. That that you probably buy more pizza from them as, as a result. And like you said, since it does make your life so much easier, you're less inclined to, to go with a Pizza Hut or a Papa John's. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Now, and something else you mentioned that I, I agree with completely is regarding uh, mobile banner ads. Mm-hmm. And while I, I don't do Google mobile banner ads, I can just tell you from the Facebook nerd's point of view, um, they are extremely successful. And it's not just the banner ads, of course, but Facebook ads in general uh, from a mobile device get a very high click-through rate. I mean, there's some debate over how much of that is accidental click, but in general, the conversion seems to be higher through mobile uh, partially because you have less distraction, right? It's, it's yeah. Um, there's less screen, uh, so less less content to to compete with. Yeah. And uh, so there, there's certainly an opportunity there. Yeah, absolutely. It is one of those things that uh, that you, that you can do, and and you know they've got the uh, native ads now, so in Facebook, so they're they're embedded into the the stream, and it just feels more natural. There was some debate early on whether native ads were going to be uh, rejected by consumers because they felt like it was blending the line between editorial content and 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 advertising content yeah. but people have responded to him as you, as you mentioned they're just like okay well there's the ad for whatever product that's fine you know and they get it they're like okay 
this is my my fee for getting Facebook for free is to have to scroll past an ad or click through on an ad yeah. and and actually check out the product because what a, what a better way to do it than sitting in a coffee shop with your smartphone to click through on an ad and see what the product's all about. Yeah, I mean, some people in general just they're they're always going to hate ads or at least what they recognize as ads. But I've been seeing more and more often that ads on really everywhere, not just Facebook. But the I think it's the retargeting um, that I'm seeing on other sites, just so relevant and as a result, actually helpful and, and useful and not intrusive like, like they used to be. It could be a little creepy if you're not used to ads being that relevant. But there's a, it, whereas before there was that ad blindness um, where it's like, I'm so tired of ads. But they're actually useful to look at now. I, I totally agree. In fact, one of the I've got a little company called 60 Second Communications, and we do mobile advertising. One of the things that we can do, this is fascinating, is we can target on a house-by-house basis mm. um, based on your purchase behavior. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so this is very, very cool. When you go in, and, and some people get freaked out about this, by the way, like as you were saying a minute ago, but, but to me, I'm like, look, the direct mail industry has known more about my preferences for the last 50 years yeah. than the mobile industry does. But what we can do is literally go in, um, tie your purchase data. So, John, let's say you're, you own a, a, a dog and you buy pedigree dog food, but your neighbor buys Beneful, and then the neighbor next to that neighbor doesn't buy anything because they don't own a dog. Right. We can see what dog food you're buying based on your frequent purchase card behavior at your grocery store and tie that in to a specific mobile IP address at your residence. So we actually, I know, isn't that cool? We actually know that you buy pedigree. We know that your neighbor buys Beneful and we know that the neighbor past that guy doesn't buy any dog food. We can send a pedigree coupon to you thanking you for your loyalty. Here's 10% off thanking you for your loyalty. We can then send a a 20% coupon off to your neighbor saying, please switch from Beneful to Pedigree. Here's a coupon. And then we can skip over the third house because we know that that would be a wasted ad impression because they don't buy dog food. So suddenly you're like hyper-targeting this stuff and and while you're right, some people maybe you know feel that's a little creepy. The other side of the equation is, hey man, I'm getting a coupon you know for for pedigree because I've been buying this stuff for Absolutely. five years. Isn't that great? Absolutely. So it's really yeah, really amazing stuff going on in there. Yeah, front. Facebook is doing something similar right now with something called partner categories. They're, they're partnered with uh, Epsilon and Data Logics and uh, one more. I'm forgetting. Um, that provides all this purchase history. So, yeah, you don't know it on a user-by-user basis, but you just tell Facebook, hey, yeah. let, let me target anyone who's bought dog food <laughs> and with, with this ad, and, yeah. and they can do that. And that, God, it's so powerful. And so, so like you're saying, if, if I'm a person who buys dog food and you're going to provide me an ad that has a coupon to buy dog food, that, that I want to see that. <laughs> Bingo. Exactly. Yeah. No, it's it's amazing. That's that's very cool. I didn't know that about Facebook. That's cool to know. See, I learned something. Yeah, it's, some, it's something pretty new, and uh, it's only available in the U.S. now. Cheers. Now, shifting gears a little bit, um, since you are now this world-famous uh, blogger, James, <laughs> uh, I got to dig in a little bit to kind of get it, because I know that 
um, you know, both of us have, we may be on that list, but we're still figuring it out. And it's been, it's kind of funny to see you know, how we've evolved and what our thinking is and, you know, what our strategies are <clears throat> kind of give me a sense for, um, uh, your website and, you know, uh, how often you're updating, you know, what types of things you do for SEO. I mean, what, what are you doing? Yeah. Well, in the few minutes we have left, I, yeah. I definitely want to talk about that. I, uh, I started out, um, being aware that the more frequently, this is years ago, the more frequently you blog, uh, it seems to get Google's attention. Um, but then, not too long ago, I noticed that a guy named Neil Patel, you're familiar yes. with Neil, um, was just doing two posts a week, like Tuesday, Thursday, but they were in-depth posts. Ridiculous, yeah. Yeah, and so I was like, all right, I got to I gotta do that. So I start, I, I switch over from five you know, 500 word posts a week to two big posts a week. Interestingly, it's harder to write two big posts a week because a 500 word post, 750 word post, you can knock out in 30 minutes or 45 minutes once you kind of get your legs under you. And you I mean, you, you're a blogger, I'm a blogger. Yeah. When we, writing is now about as easy as talking is. It sure. just flows out of you. Um, a 2000 word post is something where you're sitting around, you got to think it through, you got to do all this stuff. So, it was more difficult for me to do the longer post. So what I'm doing now is uh, is a blended approach where I'm where I'm doing uh, maybe uh, three shorter posts a week that are typically about 750 words each, and then one longer post a week that's that's maybe a thousand to two thousand words, and just trying to do that blended approach. But um, it to your point, uh, it is trial and error. It's 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 not an overnight thing. It's this sort of slow slog, and you learn a little something new every week, and then you apply that and test it and see if it improves things. All this stuff, and and over the course of time, I think what Google likes is consistency, and uh, and and people staying on your page for a long time because they feel like it's a worthwhile post. I'm sure that. Google tracks that. Uh, that's got to be high in their algorithm. Is is time on on the blog post because they they go well. This is clearly something this uh, that was getting this person's attention. So we got to rank this higher and higher and higher. So it's it's a crazy world, but I'm still learning it. You're still learning yeah. it, and hopefully all of us can figure this thing out sooner or later. <laughs> yeah, and I, and I know we're running out of time here, but yeah, that long post. I mean, I compare it to to writing an ebook. God, I just I don't have the patience and the focus to sit down and set aside the time to either do it all at once or to say every day I'm going to dedicate an hour or two hours or whatever it is to this to get it done. It's, yeah. I find that so much more difficult than sitting down and cranking out a blog post in a couple of hours where I like it's one focus, exhaust that focus. Boom, publish it. You know, you know to your point on that, uh, I did a survey with our readers, and they said, we don't like the long posts. We actually like the shorter posts because we don't have time to read a long post. So even though Google's algorithm might be sort of rewarding you for long posts because people keep the page open longer, from a user perspective, the average user is like, look, I'm at work. I don't have time to read a 2,000-word post. I got I to gotta read something short and sweet. So... So I think maybe maybe there's an argument for that you know shorter post in the future. Maybe I think uh, Marcus Sheridan, if here on the show, would would say would counter with, yeah, but that that uh, person who's reading that long 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 blog post, they might buy from you. 
Yep. Yep. They might be more willing, more likely to buy from you. But that's a topic for another day. Last call. Uh, I've asked the bartender for for our tab. I'll, I'll pick up uh, pick up this one. You'll, you can get me next time, Jamie. Excellent. That sounds great, man. But thanks so much for being on the show. Um, real quick, where can people find you? Yeah, 60secondmarketer.com is the blog. 60secondcommunications.com is the business. And then I also have a book out called Go Mobile that's in uh, uh, fine bookstores everywhere as well as a few crappy bookstores too. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, thanks so much, Jamie, for sharing a beer with me. And uh, let's make sure to have you on again sometime soon. Cheers. All right, cheers. Man, that was fun. Thank you so much to my friend Jamie Turner for pulling up a bar stool. Make sure you check him out at 60secondmarketer.com for all things mobile. Man, and I'd, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention, if you are a brewing company, you want me to mention your beer on my show, you don't even have to be a sponsor. Just got to send me some free beer. Nice and easy. Piece of cake. So contact me, john at johnloomer.com. Ooh, I, I like this idea. <laughs> All right, so uh, before we close out, uh, one last mention of uh, today's sponsor, joebarnesonline.com. Just check out the show notes if you want to get free access to her 93-page Facebook marketing ebook uh, featuring people like me. It's at joebarnesonline.com slash fbebook, but uh, you can get more on that uh, in the show notes. All right, so I hope you enjoyed it. Until next time, do awesome things. I'm out. <laughs>